1: is a
0: proud sponsor of the meaningful marketplace because we believe in the power of local craft makers to reinvent the way food and beverage products get to market in oregon our vision is to inspire mentor support and assist local producers to reach their fullest potential for over 40 years marketed choice has been supporting our local farmers ranchers fisher folk and entrepreneurs We believe the way we source products has a positive ripple effect across our great state. That's why we are proud to offer over 7,000 local products to our stores and that the majority of our purchases support our robust regional food system.
1: <laughs> and uh, Market of Choice is still running an ad um, for a lot of our local vendors and guests that have been on the show. They're doing 25% off, so in-store and online. So you can go there and get some of the products you've been hearing about, which is really awesome. We love Marketed Choice. Yay! Uh, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Masonia Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear stories of female food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce, and Sarah Masonia of Oregon State University's
0: Food Innovation Center.
1: We're super glad that everybody's joining us live today. We're still honoring social distancing and um, calling in for shows. So we're not in the studio together, but we are all here looking at each other this morning, which is nice. Uh, We are a live radio show. We think it's important for us to be here with stories of inspiration and connection for all of our friends and listeners out there. So we are here today. I have some food news for everybody And um, I've talked about our Pacific Northwest Sauce Makers group that we have before. It's just a bunch of us locally that make um, sauces and condiments and things. And we uh, created the group just to kind of support each other. But then um, when the pandemic and everything happened, we decided to... Um, come up with an entertaining music video and so uh, Bobby from Bobby's Boat Sauce she's a local maker here she really spearheaded this project and wanted to when um, she first started it it was to bring relief to our restaurant buddies in the community Um, and so we we recorded a video all separate and just did each little piece and her friend wrote the song and edited it and so there's a website that you can go to and it's sauceaid.com And um, all of us donated sauce. And so you can download the song and then that money goes to... PDX family food meal and, um, or family meal. And then if you order a sauce basket, it's a mystery basket of the sauces that we donated. And, um, that money goes to the black food, um, Northwest project. So you can check those out and, um, and download that. And it's gone really well. We just, uh, it just went live this week. And we, I think the goal at first was to hopefully raise, you know, somewhere around $1,000. But um, we sold all the sauce right away. And so we all donated more sauce. And so it just keeps going. And we keep raising money, which is really cool. So everybody should go check it out. And there's links to the organizations, there's links to all of us makers. uh, So you can go and do it. Sarah, did you watch the video? I watched it over and
0: over again, (laughs) (laughs) and I posted it on my LinkedIn. I think I've had over 500 people because I have a pretty robust LinkedIn. I I decided to really try and use that. So I put it on there, and I'm sure over
1: 500 people. I've had people like, I got my sauce. Yeah. I think think it was just a really fun thing for us to do to try to, you know, be connected to each other, be connected to the community. And, um, you know, the video is pretty funny. It's supposed to be in the style of like old, you know, 80s. We are the world videos, but it was just like what we could do for our group here. So everybody should go check that out. It's quite delightful. Yes, thanks. Thank you. (laughs) And if you are a food entrepreneur and you have some food news for us, you can submit those at StartupRadioNetwork.com. We can help spread the word about anything that you have going on, new products, awards, things like that. I can
0: make one announcement I just decided. Oh, yeah, go for it. So Oregon State University has a Dairy Innovation Grant. And so we're actively, through the Food Innovation Center, we're actively working with local dairies to create new food products. And I can't tell you what they are because it's confidential, but you'll be seeing some of that innovation coming out hopefully in the next few months, which is pretty exciting.
1: That's really cool. And so if did, are people already working on the project?
0: Actually, I'm working on the projects in my home kitchen,
2: oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of them is with uh, whey. So it's with a cheesemaker who makes cheese, and they have a lot of whey, so we're making a, um, a project
1: out of the whey. So, That's so no cool. whey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is cool. You're being um, innovative in this time from your kitchen from your home kitchen yeah Yeah.
0: I don't have a homogenizer so the product separates but once we get it into the commercial production facility it'll be beautiful yeah well keep
1: keep us posted on those products so we can hear about them I always love to hear about what you have going on you're always doing cool stuff So we are, it's not just Sarah and I here today, we're joined by um, a fellow business. We have Kelly and Hillary of Kelly's Jellies here. They are makers of small batch fruit preserves and pepper jellies. Welcome, ladies. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi. Hi. Good. We're good. <laughs> good. We're good. It's great to have you both here. I was saying um, you're our first double guest since we've done it through um, social distancing. So we'll just see how it goes. But I think we can pull it off. <laughs> also, you know what?
0: I think this is like our one year anniversary, Sarah.
1: No way. How way. Funny. I think we've been doing
0: this for a year.
1: Congratulations.
0: That.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. It feels like I mean, I guess in a way it feels like a very long time ago that we started because <laughs> changed. Yeah. <laughs> but it also feels like it's gone really fast because Yeah. You know, it's fun and easy and it's just like hanging out with our buddies. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for
0: coming on our anniversary show, ladies. Yeah. Oh, this will yeah. go.
1: Down in history is our first anniversary of the show.
3: <laughs> Perfect. Hopefully there's many more to come.
1: Yeah.
0: I
3: hope
1: so. <laughs> well, we're really glad that you could join us. We'd like to um, tell our listeners how they can find you on social media so mm-hmm. uh, so they can follow along on your journey. So what's the best place for people to find you?
3: Go um, ahead. The best place is probably on Instagram at Kelly's Jelly Oregon. Or you can find us at kellysjelly.com on our website. Perfect.
1: And just so that um, people know uh, the diff- who you both are, what are your roles within Kelly's Jelly? What's your titles?
2: Well, we have a left brain and a right brain here. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I'm Kelly, and um, I'm a co-founder with my husband, Adam, of uh, Kelly's Jelly. And Hillary is um, basically our everyday do-it-all, whatever needs to be done. Um,
3: I think I'm officially director of operations and sales, but um, I am the keeper of the ongoing to-do list that we continually (laughs) have. Um, And uh, I think we just bounce a lot of ideas off of each other all the time. So I think that's my official title. But we've been I've been here for almost, I don't know, seven or eight years. Yeah, a while. Oh. So, yeah. That's wonderful.
2: That's, yeah, yeah, we work well together, thing. and um, I've got a lot of ideas, and I would say bottom line, Hillary's more of the executor type. She is the master note taker. Um, when I just get to sit and chat away, and then she'll bring me back and be like, nope, this is something we have to do, and then we get to check it off. It's great. So we work really well together.
3: We do, and we have a lot of fun doing it. I think that's probably what the best part is, is, and I think that you said one time that um, there are a lot of ideas that it's good that they haven't left this room, but a lot of great ideas have <laughs> come out of this
2: room. Too.
1: <laughs> it's a, I think it's so good, too, when you have a small team, it's great to have that team be someone that can be, like you know, somebody that inspires you and hypes you up, but also is able to edit you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: what I always say about my husband, because I have a million ideas, and I'll come up with them all the time. And I'll be like, Okay. I just need to get this out of my head. You can tell me it's terrible or we cannot do it, but we just need to talk about it. And then like, I can move on in my brain at least. And so we'll do that. <laughs> Cause I always exactly. come up with a million products to do, which isn't always the best yeah. idea. <laughs> yes, yes.
2: <laughs>
0: so I was reading on your
1: website that
0: you have somebody named great aunt Danny. Yes. Oh, can great you aunt tell Daddy. us
2: the story of great aunt Danny? Yeah, so this is my grandmother's sister, and she is the one that um, shared the habanero pepper jelly recipe with us, uh, probably in the early 2000s. And we uh, really just started making this recipe uh, for family and friends for Christmas gifts, and really always just got such positive feedback that um, it became kind of a a project for Adam and I. We would Go and talk about, well, well, if we started a business, what would it be? And just, you know, really just became something that um, we really enjoyed the idea and the um, possibility of creating something together. And this just seemed to be uh, a really great option. So, uh, Aunt Danny, um, I saw her last on my 40th birthday. I was able to go visit her on her 90th birthday. Um, and she's passed away recently, but um, obviously her legend continues through Kelly's Jelly, which is really special to all of us.
0: So habanero peppers, I mean, people think that that's kind of a new thing, but if your great aunt Danny
2: was using them, she must have been a spicy gal. Yes, she's definitely, <laughs> yes, in more ways than one. Yes, she definitely was a wonderful lady and, and uh, yeah, has been, had been making it for quite a while. So, That's interesting. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. cool. So was it difficult to scale that up and be able to start manufacturing it? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of the most difficult things probably that yeah. we we faced. I mean, once we got through that challenge, um, that was probably one of the hardest ones because we use a co-packer now. Um, and we really just started, we had our kitchen certified, um, when in 2010, when we started and we were making about 30 jars, 36 jars to be exact, a night. Adam and, was up a lot.
3: Yeah. So he was <laughs> always, it, it was like, it's time to make the jelly. I mean, <laughs> he was always going and that's, uh, their daughter, Penny always mentioned like, yes. dad,
2: it's time
3: to make the jelly.
2: Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was a little bossy. We had, uh, <laughs> we had two young kids. We had um, Penny was two and Ray was three when we started the company. So we would literally, you know, put them to bed and then go make the jelly. Um, so we were up late doing everything from buying the peppers to cooking it to labeling it with our printer and sending them out the package. I mean, it was just uh, we were doing everything, which, you know, the benefit of that is you learn every aspect of the business. But as you grow, um, you quickly realize the things that you're good at and then things that maybe you should have somebody else do. So the first thing we hired was a bookkeeper because that was not that was not my strength um and I would literally just dread um, you know that that tax due date because I would be just going through receipts and um, it was brutal. I had an excel spreadsheet Now we have QuickBooks it's amazing and I don't really have to touch it so that's good um, so, yeah, so learning a little bit, you know, learning to do everything, but then, um, figuring out, okay, how we're going to scale uh, immediately. Um, we, uh, you know, people that we talked to wanted to automatically change our recipe. Um, and that was not something that we were willing to do. Um, so, the habanero
3: preparation, I yes. think, is, was the, the biggest, biggest challenge, and also um, how it settles and how you wanted it to look, I think, was two of the biggest challenges I remember exactly.
2: you facing. Yeah, so people didn't want to use fresh peppers, um, because I can understand why. I completely understand, because we we did that, too, and Sarah, I'm sure you know, too, that um, you get good at it, but it, they are, um, they're hard to deal with, um, as far as just being really spicy and um, hot and almost caustic and you know the smell is is tough so um you know there were just an automa- a lot of automatic check of nose this is how it's how is this possibly going to work um until we were able to find somebody who was willing to um to work with us based on our recipe and then figuring out how that looked um we donated a lot of product that was not up to our standards for quite a while, but while we figured out, um, you know, how to do it, how to do it the right way so that we can like, still have a great quality product um, that we, that has my name on it. So, you know, I have to be pretty picky.
1: I think at that time, too, I, I remember, um, you know, in 2011, 2010, um, if you went to a co-packer, they, there was no one that would process peppers, really, um, especially nobody that would use local ingredients that you could yeah. bring to them. When I went and talked to people, people acted like I was crazy to, yes. to ask yeah. them to process peppers and process local ingredients. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's great that you found someone. I, I think things are different now. I think it's easier. I think people, I think spicier stuff has become more popular. And so I think people can find a place to do it. Um, but at that time it, it was almost impossible. I mean, I, I wouldn't talk to everybody because I started out similar to you making my batches were 12 bottles at a time um, in my kitchen. And so then as we started to sell stuff, I was staying up all night and like setting an alarm for like 3am to start bottling sauce. And so everyone was like, you need someone else to do this. But I, um, agree with you that i think it's really important for people to find whatever part they don't enjoy or aren't good at find somebody to help you so you know for me i was like no i want i want to make everything I, I still want to make everything. And so I needed an accountant and a bookkeeper. And that was like the first people before hiring any employees or, or even figuring that part of the business out. That's, that's what I did because I was like, this is the last thing I want to be
2: doing.
1: (laughs) Right? But I think it's good for people to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. I know
0: about QuickBooks because my husband has a small business and I'm the bookkeeper and I'm uh, this last year, I went out and we hired somebody. It's just, like, too much.
1: I can't yes. do it well, anymore. I know. Well, and QuickBooks now is very easy, and it's online and it's simple, but it used to be, like, this program. I mean, when Kelly yes. and I started, it was a program that you bought. It was so complicated. It They, like, made this flow chart that was really confusing. <laughs> it wasn't. It was... It was less helpful than it is now.
3: It's much easier now. Just
2: just a tip on that for people listening who are starting or think about starting a a company. Um, I think the most important part of the, the QuickBooks is really the setup because I set it up myself on the program that Sarah's talking about that absolutely made no sense to me. And really, the information, it's so important to design the program to have, for the information that you want to get out of it. So I would recommend, even if you're good at keeping re- um, receipts and, and keeping up on your monthly, hire somebody to get the, to get the information set up so you are getting at the um, output that you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: I don't oh, even think you realize that how much information and clients and, you know, yeah. what you're going to need as you start out small. Right. And I remember growing with you and you know, going back and being like, we get, we need our email, you know, right. little things like that. So you really have to be on top of those um, details um, as it continues to grow. And you're, yeah. so you think yeah. you're going to remember everything and then. It's hard. (laughs) I mean, you
0: got to remember the reason you're doing it is to make money, right? (laughs) Exactly. So everything has to, like, balance out and you have to be able to pay yourself. Exactly. That's pretty critical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to um, clear up some key words for your products, for our listeners, because... I think the canner in me thinks that this is really important, but so I want to talk about the difference between jelly and jam and yeah. preserves. So oh will you, God. will you tell us?
2: Oh man, I sure will. I know it well. And fruit spreads. You could go to that yeah. too. Yeah. So, fruit spreads. Um, So we are... <laughs> well, let me just start by saying that Jelly rhymes with Kelly. So that, <laughs> oh. that, that's that's our goal here. But we've learned a lot since we came up with that name. Actually, my husband came up with that name, which I still curse him for every day. I said, you know, this was this was actually more his idea to start this company. Um and and then he's like, Well let's name it Kelly's, and then of course guess who has to show up everywhere.
3: <laughs> so um Are you the real Kelly? That's yeah. what I feel like one when- our number one I've,
2: question. I've oh people about, ask that. Oh, oh gosh. I, I mean I've actually thought about that's wonderful. Hiring people named Kelly just for a little bit of <laughs> just insight. <just my laughs> it's bit. like <laughs> walking
3: around with a celebrity all yeah. the time. They're like, oh you're Kelly? Yeah.
2: yeah she's pretty... It's exciting. So um, <laughs> so going back to our definition, um so um Sarah Masoni is gonna know this pretty well. So I'm gonna she's gonna test me here. Um yeah. but there is, um, it's the FDA, right, regulation that um, is very specific about what you can call a jam jelly preserve. So it has to do with fruit content and bricks level. So um, when we were making our jelly in the kitchen, we had this little device called the refractometer, and it would measure the uh, b- bricks content or the bricks, which is the sugar content in. The jelly, jam, we're gonna call it jelly for now because it's Kelly's jelly. But <laughs> really, um, uh, so so jelly is more made with juices and um, preserves and jams are have actual fruit in them. All of it has to be over sixty five bricks to even be called that. So. We actually have changed. We've learned a lot. I mean, here's another tip for um, people who are starting a business. Um, buy digital labels because if you buy the plates, uh, which um, you have to basically buy a plate every time you make a change, and that gets expensive when you don't really know what you're doing. So we probably we bought maybe five to ten different plates where... Um, and this is just a printing, this is just printing um, information. But you'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. Um, but the digital labels, you can just make these small changes. But we actually have made the change to have our preserve say fruit spread on them because our sugar content is actually lower than 65 bricks. For more fruit forward, we're, it's very important for us to have fruit be the first ingredient, more important than it was to keep uh, the name preserve or jam on there. So. I hope that oh. answers your question.
1: Oh yeah, it totally does. Okay, I okay. um one time I was a um judge at the fair, oh. and for the canning section, which it's interesting because you don't actually eat any of the canned goods at the at the when you're judging, you just look at them, oh. um, which makes a lot of sense oh. for food safety because you can't. They don't want to have the judges just trying anybody's stuff. Um, but so for jellies, if you one of the things is that if you can't see through it then you can't win a ribbon. But people don't know that. But I'm giving you tips if you want. If you want oh. to enter this, you want to enter your fair and you make a jelly. It means yes. you know to them to the ju- to the judges. It you have to be able to see through it because it means everything is strained out of it. That it's it, it's really it's just good. fruit juice and and pectin, um, exactly. or you know whatever whatever it is that you're making jelly of because you can make it out of vegetables too. But um, so that's my that's my county fair tip. Interesting. <laughs> you want to comb yeah. that blue ribbon? Yeah, yeah. Remember, did I do
0: that? You did, did great. Okay. Yeah. Good. Actually, I mean, a note Two points. for anyone who might be interested in the category is I would say a majority of people are doing fruit spreads. And I think there's a trend right now questioning like all of these standards that are in place. Um, why do we have to have the standards? But I think the standards really have made, made sense because it sort of controls things from going wrong and being weird. But um, the standards really have made American food system stable and safe.
1: So, yeah, Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And now that we know the difference between some of your products, we'll come back and talk about the actual flavors that you have. So we'll be right back.
0: Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace, committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences, because food brings people together.
1: Okay. We are back from our break and we want to hear about the different flavors that you ladies make. Can you tell us about the um, the lines and the flavors that you have?
2: Sure. So we have a couple lines. We've got our pepper jelly lines, um, and pepper jelly, and then our fruit spreads. Really our bread and butter are the pepper jellies. We started with, um, like I said, uh, gradient Danny's habanero recipe. And Then, funny story. We basically have developed our line, um, our extent line extension, just by hey me saying, hey Adam, I think we should try this. And oh yeah, I sold it to Voodoo, and (laughs) we have to have it delivered next week. So, (laughs) um, so he so really, Voodoo Dance was our kind of our test kitchen, which is super fun when we first started in 2000. It started in 2011. Um, but it was strawberry season. We were at the market. We had a, you know, we had a flat of strawberries. I'm like, well, well, let's try the strawberry habanero. So that was our next flavor. And my um, favorite, by the way. Yeah. Hillary loves that it's one. It's really, that's a good one. Um, yes. And then marionberry and Berry habanero, which is a little bit different um, pepper je- than our uh, typical pepper jelly style because pepper jellies typically have vinegar in them. Um, and we tested it with vinegar, and it just didn't work. The, it's more like a preserve um, with a little heat. So it's really – it's been so popular. Um, it's our probably – that's the newest flavor, that, yeah. um, and it's taken off. It really uh, competes with uh, habanero and strawberry habanero.
3: It's done that well uh, right in the market.
2: Yes. And then uh, the final –
3: pepper flavor that we have is, um, a little bit different than the others because it's jalapeno. And so it's pineapple jalapeno. And that was one I think that you did for voodoo as well. Yeah. And, um, it's some, some people's absolute favorite. Um, it's really great as a marinade, um, on chicken or, on um, pork. And I feel like that's where people are using that a lot, uh, we did just have somebody um, post about using it in a cocktail the other day, and that was really cool. So I think it's fun to see different flavors and how people are using it. I think that's one of the things we really like about social media is seeing how people are using our products. And we love hearing about it and them sharing it with us.
1: Um, I wanted to, before you talk about the next line, just with the pepper jelly. So um, you mentioned Voodoo Donuts. So when you first um were starting and you, did you approach Voodoo Donuts and say, I think you should put my jelly in your donuts." That's exactly what I did.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, the history there, so Trace, um, so the owner of Voodoo, co-owner of Voodoo, also was in a band. Did you guys know this? I did. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so we hired them for a Christmas party because we love them. And, um, and I just basically had said, Hey, we just started this company. And, um, so he gave me a meeting with him and, and, uh, cat daddy and said, this sounds really weird. And I was like, well, yeah. And they're like, yeah, so let's try it out. So basically we showed up with three glass quarts of habanero jelly. We delivered it Wednesday to their shop downtown and, Thursday they had Kelly's jelly Thursdays and the first I think two or three times that I went down there to test tested they were sold out before I even got there so <laughs> um so it went really well um and so then we just figured okay this works um but they didn't necessarily want to try it they said well we don't necessarily want to do the habanero every week let's mix it in so we did that every other week and then we could basically just do whatever we wanted on the off weeks so we, would, we did a margarita jelly for um, St. 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 And St. Um We did a beer jelly um, with, on uh, St. Patrick's Day, and like I said, um, you know, a lot of our flavors were developed from from being able to deliver these and just get you know direct feedback from. Of course, the Mary and Berry always did very well, um, which is you know everyone loves Mary and Berry. Um, Especially uh, people coming from out of town, and and so it's a really special flavor. Um, but yeah, that's that was that we did that for I want to say maybe three years um, with Voodoo, and it was a great great relationship, and we had a lot of fun doing it. I always like to compare our um, food scene because it's
1: it's the music scene and the food scene together. But I always kind of compare it to the Portland music scene, or a lot of us that are food makers used to be in the music scene, playing bands and things. But it's kind of like super interactive because people are so used to supporting each other in that kind of avenue when you when you are a musician in portland you like hype people up and people switch in and out of bands and people you know promote each other's bands and and i think that this is a good example of that of like you can just approach somebody and say i think what you're doing is really cool here's what i'm doing could we maybe do something together and then it ends up um You know, you create these really great things. And for you, you could you could test it was a good way for you to test out new recipes. And for them, it was a good way for them to take that labor out of because, you know, their shop back then was so tiny. They -hmm. couldn't be making jelly themselves, too. You know, they just probably didn't have the space or the manpower. So it's a good way to kind of help each other out and promote each other in that way.
3: I think the best part about it is that Van's name was karaoke from hell. Is that right? Yes. And, yeah. and uh, she hired them because Kelly loves to sing karaoke more
2: than anything. So it was, oh. it's always the best part of the story. And, and by the way, don't ask me to sing because I'm actually not good. I just enjoy it. <laughs> she, yeah, it's just, a, uh, just for enjoyment,
3: for her enjoyment. What
2: yes. what song do you usually sing first? Oh, I can literally sing any of them. I, I, it doesn't matter. I don't have a favorite. It's just. I'm
3: trying to think what you're. I mean, I've had yeah. to get in there many times. First Yes, uh, very
2: versatile.
3: Nice. Yes, so, that is her favorite pastime. Yeah. So you
2: guys are <laughs> in
0: all of the Fred Meyer stores and all of the QFC
2: stores? So I think actually technically we're in 30 of the 50 QFCs, but we're in all the Fred Meyers. Yes. How many is that? It's about 131, I think. About. Ooh, that's wow. awesome. Yeah, No. Yeah.
0: Did you have to go did you have to go to Kroger headquarters or did you were you able to do that all here in Portland?
2: We were able to do it in Portland another um, just you know I don't want to say lucky but it was pretty lucky I would say at this point yeah. but um, we were able to get just standalone racks in three um, stores in Portland so uh, it was Hawthorne, Wilsonville and Burlingame. So uh, I think about in 2012, they let us set up just to test it out. And a lot of that came from someone who works at uh, the Hawthorne store who was really looking into bringing in more local product. So he really kind of helped us um, get our foot in the door. Um, and then we, after that, it went well for a year. And after that, we got a meeting with um, the Fred Meyer grocery buyer. And he said, yeah, the numbers look great, let's roll this out, but you, we can't sell direct, you have to go through a distributor. So that's actually how we got started our relationship with DPI, is uh, Fred Meyer said, hey, you guys need to um, sign up Kelly's Jelly so that we can distribute to uh, all of the Fred Meyers.
0: Are they your main distributor then, I saw on your mm-hmm. um, find us sort of locator thing on your website, that you have stores all over the U.S.?
3: Yeah, Uh, so our. We do. Actually, it's funny uh, behind us is, which not everyone can see, but we have our map of the US and all the different places that we have stores. So I don't think we're officially in all 50 states, but we are shipping now everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, direct um, all over. So
2: So DPI is our main um, distributor. primarily for or it's Pacific Northwest, and then also Southern California, which has taken us a really long time to kind of break that market, but we're getting there. Um, and then WBC in uh, Northern California has been awesome. Um, they're a cheese distributor. So we're more we'll, – we'll be uh, – merchandising-wise, we can be in specialty cheese or grocery. It works in both. Um, We prefer specialty cheese because we feel like it's a more hands-on sale. Um, The margins are a little bit higher, so you're going to pay more. Your customers are going to be charged more for um, the products buying from those areas, typically speaking. Um, But uh, grocery, so DPI, we're kind of mixed. Grocery um, for most and then specialty cheese in some. But WBC is a cheese distributor, so we're almost... Totally in specialty cheese departments in the Northern California area. So
0: have you talked to Safeway Albertsons because they have those kiosks and they have this fig jam from Mm -hmm. Europe somewhere Mm -hmm. and we buy it and it immediately crystallizes and looks disgusting. And I was like, why don't we have we have so many beautiful local producers.
2: Why aren't they in Safeway? So well, we, we were. Yeah. So we we actually <laughs> we are. are set up. We um, we were in there for fourth quarter of last year and it went really well. And we actually are all set up warehouse wise. Another, um, you know, another part part where we had to kind of go jump through some hoops because their main distributor was a distributor in Denver and. I, it doesn't make any sense, in my opinion, to ship all of our product to Denver to have it come right back here. So oh, yeah. we have we actually are set up in their warehouse now um, and waiting for our next order. It's all ready to go. Just, OK, uh, yeah. You <laughs> I'm watching for ready. you. The
3: other part about that as well is we um, were not only on – we were in the deli shelves, but we're also in the bakery. So they are using – if you go in there, I think they still are at this point in time – our marion berry fruit spread on top of their cheesecakes. So um, that has been kind of a cool, so it's in the bakery. And that's, I think, one of the cool things about our product is how diverse it is, Um, that it can be in the bakery, in the deli, in the cheese section. So lots of different areas. And I think that also leads a little to, we did do um, some smaller jars, so our original jars were 12 ounces and we just came out with, um, the Kelly's cuties and we say they're fun size like Kelly is. Um, (laughs) and, or I say that just to mess with (laughs) her, but they are, are five ounce jars. So they look exactly the same, but a little bit smaller. And so they're perfect for a cheese plate, um, just a single use. And also, um, often in the uh, cheese section, mm-hmm. uh, there is less room. So it just gives us another way to, um, you know, sell our product and give another option for our customers.
2: And
0: I love seeing your jellies at Market of Choice and how they have them lined up along the back of the, the mm-hmm. cheese case. I like that a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Pretty- they've been such great partners for us. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and the the small the smaller jars actually came um, from listening to our our cu- customers. I mean, really, you have to be able to hear what they're saying. And we heard so many times, "I really love this, but it's the jar is too big." And and I think it it actually um, it's hard for not just buyers to bring in a twelve ounce jar of something where the real estate is so small in these areas, but consumers um, just with well, consumer behavior has changed a lot in the last couple of months. But before we, <laughs> before that, um, the single-use, the convenience, um, grab-and-go kind of feel, you know, I, people just had a mental, um, hard time mentally committing to a 12-ounce jar of something that, you know, they're going to use for a party and it might sit in their fridge. So we're hoping that um, that it does really well. I think we, once it gets some traction, um, we'll be uh, having these Little jar is down in Southern California. That's
3: kind of been our uh, focus is to grow our business down there. We've done well in um, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, um, and in Northern California. But we're really trying to break into that Southern California market and Arizona as well. Um, And that's where we got a lot of feedback that we had a smaller jar. So we kind of specifically made it for that and now are going to be targeting it um, down in that area.
1: I think that's a good way to do it for because, you know, Kelly, around here, people know you, they know your brand, they know your product, yeah. they have known you from the farmer's market. They can make that direct connection. But then once you move out of state, we hear that from a lot of people. It's hard to do that. And so you do have to make the commitment just a little bit smaller and then you can hook people in. <laughs>
3: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The gr- growing part is definitely a challenge when you're suddenly not local. So that's so much of what it is around here. I think, though, um, because of your high standards that you started with and um, continued to have and that that jelly just really does taste that good, um, that it holds up wherever it is. You know, it doesn't have to be a local product. So
0: so for bakery use, you must have larger containers. Can you tell us a little bit about that? For industrial yes. or food service?
2: Uh, food service, yes. They're five pound um, containers, and um, they're refrigerated slash frozen. Um, so that's a whole another education process that we know about now. But uh, yeah, it's because uh, because we don't have when that. And the main reason for that is that there's no preservatives in it, so it needs to stay. Cold to be in the um, larger containers. So,
3: and we do have the nine. We have nine quart glass containers as well that we um, send to a lot of our restaurants. So yeah. it's just another option for us to do the five. What did you say? I just five pound. Five pound. Yeah. Sorry. I so, always-
0: so if you're not using frozen habaneros, are you able to get those year round?
2: Yeah. yeah, you can get them year-round. You know, we really oh, try to focus our production in September. Um, it works out pretty well because that's when the habaneros um, around are, 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 you know, they're they're most plentiful and also the better pricing. And um, most of our business, I don't know about you, Sarah, but we do primarily, I mean, very, like, I don't know, 40% of our business in the fourth quarter. So it really... Um, we're able to get everything made and then just really focus on selling in the fourth quarter. So a lot of production August September.
1: Yeah, for people that I mean, it's not it's not like this in California say, but um, for us producers in, In Oregon, it is. But now that I have all these, um, you know, sauce maker buddies in, like, California, they can kind of do things whenever. But um, for us, our pepper season is really late, actually. Like, it's it's September. It's October. You know, we're getting things even into November right before they – the ground starts to get really cold. It's actually a great system because we can. that's when we need the most stuff. Right? We can make everything so you don't have it sitting around. You're selling it and getting it out to the door for, for holiday and things like that. So that's kind of, war, you know, we're on the same timeline, which yeah. means that, you know, when you have your family, it means you can never schedule anything in October or November where usually people are like, I don't really have much going on, you know, but like yeah. that's when we're like the busiest just in, in manufacturing and and figuring out every, where everything is going to go for holidays.
2: Yes. We take holiday in January now. <laughs> oh, got <it>. I don't <laughs> exactly. That's a good time to go on vacation.
0: I got a question for you. If you were able to choose a celebrity to represent your company, who would that be?
2: Well, I I was um, talking to Hillary about this earlier. Um, we're big fan- fans of Ships Creek. Uh, it's a show on Netflix. And so I'm definitely gonna have to say at this point, Daniel Levy would be my dream. Um, he is just the best. He makes people laugh and smile. And uh, that's what I strive to do, too. So that's I think he always
3: stays positive too. <laughs> like he always yeah. puts the shine on it, kind, kind of, of, which yeah. is nice. They just got a new That's puppy cool. and named their puppy uh, Twyla yes. from the show as well. So it's a big. Mm-hmm. thing in the I've I've household. never
1: seen that show, but I'm gonna have to watch it.
0: But I, I'm I gonna think, binge watch it this
1: weekend. Oh, you I perfect. think just in your description, you you describe how you are and who you are. You know, over the years, I've been at. I don't know, hundreds of events with, with both of you and I think that you you always are smiling and happy and like just radiating this energy that's really nice. And I think that even at this time I know it's hard for people to do that and for that to happen, but I'm still feeling it from you ladies. <laughs> it's really okay. good. Like very um, good. My mom was just texting me because um Kelly, you met my mom actually before I met you because (laughs) when my first year of market, um, I was doing the PSU market, and then Lake Oswego just needed somebody to fill in, so I didn't have, you know, any employees. My husband worked another job at that time, so my mom did the Lake Oswego Farmers Market and met you there. And she had never done a farmers market. I couldn't even really train her because I was just like, just go to this market. And she <laughs> always talks about how you are so helpful, and like always she's just like, I just love Kelly. And so not only did then she introduce us, and you became you know a friend and a and a Pal in the food making world, but my mom became like a loyal, steadfast customer of yours. <laughs> oh, <I> it. <laughs> so sweet! It's Pat. Is, Is that, Pat? Is
2: that yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. oh, Pat. Yes, and she she knits too, right? Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. yep. Memor- oh, nice. I like it. Yeah.
0: yeah, Kelly's a food superhero here yeah. in Portland.
2: Yeah. I sure
3: she <laughs> always helps everyone and you always take time to do that
2: which is really nice yeah, is, yeah it's important it's nice. there's a lot of people who have helped me and that's really i mean you know you talk about the things that really bring you joy with your business and i would say 100 it's the collaboration it's um being able to work with people doing something that you love and really believe in and um, it's such a great community um, in Portland and then also a, you know a similar community that expands outside of Portland is the cheese world. I mean talk about great people who just love what they do um, and are a joy to be around so, Hey, I, I'm happy. It's, a, it's mm. great to be able to, to be part of this.
3: It is such a positive environment. I, I had not yeah. worked in the food industry at all before she wrote me into working here, and then suddenly <laughs> uh, I'm her partner in crime. But... Uh, uh, I love it. And it is amazing. I've learned so much uh, just with how supportive everybody is and everyone's excited about things and wants to share and collaborate. And I think that's Kelly, one of Kelly's strongest um, attributes is thinking about how to, you know, collaborate with people and bring people together and um, boost, e- boost each other up. And I think that's where you've had a lot of success. And, um continue to grow because of that. That's
1: cool. Uh, we, we always like to um, send people to you directly to buy product. So um, what's the best way for them to do that right now? Is it the your website?
2: Um, you can buy from our website, yes. We also like to send people to um, when they're going to visit the, their stores to support the stores too. So when they're stocking up on all of the things while they eat mask up and take um, take the world on right now um, yeah we can you can purchase in zoo pans um, a market of choice like you had mentioned that your mm. great partners new seasons uh, are a great partner we actually have our, our partner brand um, fruit spreads are uh, w- new seasons so if you look at the new seasons label in um, one of the flavors that we don't have at all in our line they have which is the raspberry it's really good so um, yeah, that's been really good, but online mm-hmm. is probably right
3: now, um, at Kelly'sJelly.com. And that's been a huge, um, change. I think we've grown so much with our online business and we're not entirely sure if that has to do with the current environment. Um, we've definitely had a push doing more social media and working on that. Um, but our online business has just really taken off recently. So we appreciate that. And it's, you talked about, you know, being in all over the country. I mean, we're shipping jelly everywhere and now you always wonder how did they hear about us? You know, so it's kind of fun to see that. And um and we've got our three packs that we put together that seem to be really popular right now. That's just yeah. a great way to send it out and Sending gifts. I think people are sending gifts to people because they're spreading some joy. It's yeah, just yeah. a fun thing
2: to get. And people, people, I think are being very intentional with their purchases right now more than ever. Um, and really trying to uh, help each other out um, and support small businesses, which is great. Um, it's been a combination of that. We were we are set up time wise pretty well for um our kind of building up our online sales in our social media because last year we uh, got accepted to be part of um, a Portland State project um, it was a capstone project so I don't know if you guys have ever done this but or heard about it but um we basically applied for uh to be a part of the student-led project kind of their end project before they graduate and we uh, the com- companies can go there and they can pose a a project question and um, these students will help solve them. So uh, ours was um, really, you know, going in and seeing how we can increase our online sales in our social media presence and really finding out, especially since we're not of the generation that is uh really You're saying we're old. Yeah, we're so we're old. But she's uh, <laughs> okay. and Not don't really old. know what we're doing. We <laughs> they know We don't know exactly <laughs> what we're doing. But um, we got some great advice from these students and so much. And it really helped us kind of launch a plan. And then um when when um COVID happened um and people, you know, started ch- changing the way that they were purchasing, um we were really set up for that, which was great so yeah. that was one of the coolest things i think
3: that i've experienced working here was um to see these kids presentations and um and we've maintained relationships with a number of them um one of them came in and did some pictures for us and did some videos um so we were got to be his first job which was nice and we learned a lot from him and um and just sitting there, you know, seeing them go through your company and say all these ideas and go again tell us what they thought of our products in comparison to our competitors. Uh, it was just really neat. And I feel like it was we got a class out of it, too. So it was
2: really helpful. So anybody out there looking for um, some help, um, it's a it's a great it's a great um, way to get some Market research um, and uh, and also help kids, you know, come up with real-life entrepreneurial experiences as well, and see uh, from our perspective what that looks like versus um, you know a student perspective. So it was it was a great experience.
0: We were just in a big conversation with the food science department on campus this week, and one of the things that we want to do is reach out to the high schools um, all throughout the city and go in and teach them what it means to be a food scientist. So it kind of rings true. I mean, a lot of times kids don't even know that you could actually, I don't know why they overlook it, but they don't understand that there's a whole backside of the food that they eat. So we're going to really be focusing on that here in the future. That's That's great. great.
1: We have our kids. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I um, hate to say this, but we're out of time. <laughs> oh oh so no. I want to I talk to you ladies forever, but we have to wrap it up. So I just, <laughs> if, if you have one quick um, piece of advice for women that want to go into business, could you put that out there in the world?
2: Uh, <clears throat> I would say that I would take it out of your own way. I've I've talked to so many people. um, She's sitting down with, I had this idea. And one of my my favorite stories was a lady who wanted to start a food business. And she was working on getting her um, kitchen license. And she said, I don't know what to do. Um, The health department's requiring that I have a home phone number. And I only have a cell phone number. And this was actually going to stop her from moving forward with her dream to start a food company. And I said, get a landline or <laughs> you, call and tell said, you only have a cell phone. This is this is not a barrier. So these are not real problems. So mm. we need to I just think that go for it. Um, just do and And you don't have to do it the way everybody else has done it. Um, I know Sarah agrees with me that we like to make our own rules. <laughs> and I think we've done pretty well. Um, with that, so I would just say, get started and and don't let yourself get in the way. Don't I be think afraid. That, yeah, I think that's great advice. And um,
1: thank you for taking time to chat with us today. And we hope yes, everybody goes lovely. and finds your jelly and finds you. And um, Sarah is going to close us out here.
0: Marketed Choice is Oregon's largest independent family-owned grocery store. With 10 stores in Oregon, it's all about choice. We focus on having a wide selection of the finest and freshest conventional, natural, organic, local, and health-conscious products. We have more than over 1,300 teammates, including real authentic chefs, bakers, butchers, cheesemongers, florists, and more. We all strive to create an authentic, relaxing, and enjoyable shopping experience with our customers and truly care about the communities where our teammates and our customers live and work. To find the Market of Choice nearest you, visit our website at www.marketofchoice.com. At Market of Choice, we
1: buy local, so you can too. We record Missoni and Marshall live every Friday at 9 a.m. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would like to be a guest or suggest a guest or ask a question, you can go to StartupRadioNetwork.com. Until next week, thank you for joining us, Kelly and Hillary, and we'll be back next Friday.
0: Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. Ten percent of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.